630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Nugent Hopkins, left circle, wrist shot, score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins! Harris takes a snap, draws back, he throws. That's complete and a big gain for the Eskimos. It's Ricky Collins Jr. again! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Eskimos back on the practice field today as they are trying to avoid what happens almost all the time in Calgary, at least for the last 10 or 11 years, and that is an away loss to the Stampeders. We will start getting you ready for that game as we move along tonight. It is on Saturday with the countdown to kickoff at 3.30 and the game at 5. You'll hear a little bit from Trevor Harris, a little bit from Jason Moss. C.J. Gable expected to return at running back. He missed last week's game against Toronto. Shaq Cooper subbed in pretty well when you look at the yardage. 22 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Five receptions for 48 yards through the air, though uh, he was involved in a couple of turnovers on the weekend. Speaking of Calgary, the City Council approving the new arena deal today by a vote of 11-4. to As for your Edmonton Oilers, we are inching ever closer to the start of training camp in about six weeks. Don't forget, Thursday at 10, Oilers, uh, all Oilers home games will go on sale. Head coach Dave Tippett was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Wide-ranging conversation, pretty interesting stuff. I want to dive in right here, and uh, this is... Always one of the biggest debates amongst Oilers fans. They got the two star players, Connor McDavid, last season 116 points. That was second in the entire NHL. Leon Dreisaitl had 105 points, fourth in the NHL, and he had 50 goals. That was second in the league. So the Oilers with two of the top offensive weapons in the league, uh, but obviously missed the playoffs. So the debate has raged on for a few years now. Do you play them together? Do you play them apart? What kind of matchups do you try to create? Well, Dave Tippett, you know, sounds like he'd like to keep them on the same line. And some of it depends on what else you have in your lineup. <laughs> you know, like where the other, how the other parts all fit together. But I think they've proven that they're uh, they're a pretty dynamic duel and they like playing with each other. And I had mentioned the story before where uh, from the World Cup that I, you know, I dry sidle reminds me a lot of. Uh, um, Paul Matthews. And, oh, sorry, Matthews. No, okay. More, more Matthews. And and we played Matthews on the wing with with Connor at that World Cup, and they were they were a dynamic pair. So uh, you never know. Like I say, nothing set in stone, and uh, we'll see how you know the rest of the lineup pans out. But um, we have options up there, and that's a good thing. Well, I, I think his key comment there is we'll see how the rest of the lineup pans out because the problem with the Oilers on the attack hasn't been Dreisaitl and McDavid. Really, they've been pretty productive together or apart. It's how it's going to work with the rest of the lineup. And uh, last year, you had three guys who consistently generated offense and chances and were able to do things in the offensive zone, and really nobody else after that. I know Zach Cassian came on in the second half of the year and got to 15 points, but he was the, the third guy on the line with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And Tippett, sticking with what's become pretty common in hockey these days, 
thinking more about pairs of players rather than about lines. Right now you're looking at McDavid and Dreisaitl possibly. I think you look at Neil and Nugent Hopkins, um, you know, and then it goes down down from there. But pairs of penalty-killing guys, pairs of, you know, people you think that can uh, complement each other. So there's a lot of different variables that go into it, but until you get on the ice and see what's going up and down and who... Uh, who compliments each other, it's hard to put them in stones. All right, but he did mention it there, Dreisaitl with McDavid, James Neal with Nugent Hopkins, and it was Nuge often left on an island with uh, offensive players who, well, with players who weren't able to provide a lot of offense. Maybe Cassian will round out one line, maybe Alex Chason rounding out the other line. But Tippett uh, touching on some of this stuff today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. You can get the full interview on that show page on 630Ched.com, and we'll have other highlights from the Dave Tippett interview as we move along tonight. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning Tuning in, it is 610. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, you can reach out by texting 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. You can email insidesports at 630-ched.com. And uh, also get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. Chris Kunitz has retired after 15 seasons in the NHL. He is 39, played for Chicago last season. He will stay with the Hawks as a player development advisor, won the cup with the Ducks in 07, with the Penguins in 09, 16, and 17. You know, he was never drafted, also played for Atlanta, the Atlanta Thrashers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. He won gold with Team Canada in the 2014 Olympics. He was signed by the Ducks out of Ferris State University back in 2003. Wound up having a uh, pretty good career. Also, the Minnesota Wild have fired general manager Paul Fenton after just one season. Fenton was previously the assistant general manager with the Nashville Predators. Uh, On the job last year, the team's six-year streak at making the playoffs ended, and he traded away guys like Charlie Coyle, Mikhail Granlund, Nino Niederreier, and obviously Coyle and Niederreier went on to have uh, fairly productive uh, stints with Boston and, uh, and Carolina. And you've seen some quotes coming out here today. Mike Russo, who's been covering hockey in Minnesota for a long time, had some information stating that, uh, you know, Fenton perhaps better suited in a scouting-type role as opposed to a general manager-type role where you have a lot of other things to worry about and more personnel, not just hockey personnel, but other type of people to worry about as well. And perhaps he did not excel in those areas of the job. So Paul Fenton fired as general manager of the Minnesota Wild. I mentioned the Eskimos back on the practice field today. They are 4-2. and two. They've had some pretty impressive wins. They uh, had a dud of a loss against Montreal. They had a loss in Winnipeg where they had the ball a lot. They ran 76 plays to Winnipeg's 35, but they had trouble finding the end zone. Actually, in both their losses this season, they did not score a touchdown. Against Toronto, they won handily by 26 points, 26 zip, but even in that game, well, I, I felt I'd like to see them find the end zone a little bit more. The stats do back this up. The Eskimos are last in converting red zone opportunities into touchdown. Last in the CFL at 47%. Winnipeg leads the way 72%. Calgary, who the Eskimos play on Saturday, 67%. So the Eskimos have been getting the yards. 
they have not always been getting the points. Here's quarterback Trevor Harris. You know, getting first downs in the open field or not being able to move the ball from backed up. Um, the fact that we're getting scoring drives is a positive, but it's obviously not where we want to be. Um, if this were week 13 or 14, I'd begin to get a little bit worried, but uh, we have the pieces here to be the to be the top tier of the offense in this league, and I really believe that. And We have the guys in this locker room, so we're just going to keep plugging, keep chugging, and uh, trying to become the team that we can be each and every day. Does the mindset change in the red zone, or should it change because you drove down to that area? Should anything change? Um, schematically, you change. Um, in terms of mindset, no. It's just about execution. And, and you know, maybe there's something to that. It's just when you get down there, don't think about scoring touchdowns. Don't think about two and outs or don't think about whatever it is. Just think about executing the play called and uh, just having that killer instinct. And that's really kind of what we need to do is just have that killer instinct once we get in that red zone. I think we will. To beat the better teams, they're going to need that finish. They could have beat Winnipeg if they would have had that finish Calgary, despite not having Bo Levi Mitchell, still a pretty good team. A bit of an odd victory for them in Ottawa last week. They didn't score a touchdown, but they benefited from uh, a, a debated and controversial decision by Rick Campbell, the Ottawa Red Blacks. He took a safety with Ottawa deep in its own end with just over a minute to go that pulled the stamps from within five to within three or pardon me, from within five to within two, and then uh, that led to a field goal by the Stamps on the final play to win it after Ottawa kicked off and Calgary got a good return. So I think the Eskimos, a lot of things look pretty good. The defense clearly is excellent. excellent. The offense is, is getting yards, not always converting them into points. I think that is the next goal for them. In terms of the matchup with the Stampeders, well, this is a story we've been talking about for several years. You know, back in 2007, Calgary had a subpar season. The Stamps went 7-10-1. Since then, since the start of the 2008 season, Kellen, I'm going to throw a question at you. I know I, know, I hate doing this to you, but you're a pretty big CFL fan. Okay, I think go ahead. You're, I think you're going to be in the ballpark. I'm game. Let's Since the start of the 2008 regular season, mm. what percentage of their regular season games do you think the Calgary Stampeders have won? Okay, I would say probably somewhere in the ballpark between 70 to 80 percent. I'll go 75 percent. 73 percent. Oh, there we go. Very good. They have won 73 percent of their games since the start of 2008. 147 wins, 52 losses, and three ties. They played in six Grey Cups. They have won three and lost three, including the victory uh, last November right here at Commonwealth Stadium. And they have had a decided advantage in the matchup against the Eskimos. Again, since 2008, the Eskimos are 4-12 and in 16 visits to Calgary. 4-12. and And that includes two wins in 2011. They won twice in the same season. Uh, if you include the playoff games, the Eskimos are 4-15 and in their last 19 games at Calgary uh, since the beginning of the 2008 season. Calgary's been good. They, they have not always finished off great seasons with great cup victories, but they have been very good. Here's head coach Jason Moss. A variety of things, uh, but at the end of the day, I think they're coached well. They have great players and personnel. They've been together for a while. Um, you know, they play with confidence all the time. They hustle um, as good as any team in our league. So they make the breaks that they get for themselves. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, when you win at home, you have confidence at home. And that's what they've done over the last number of years. Uh, they're a great team, great organization, and that's quite the feat to defeat them at, at their place. All right. So the Eskimos will be trying to do that. With our buckle at quarterback, 
you know, I think the Eskimos' defense can get after him. Uh, Jawan Breskelin, the excellent receiver for the Stampeders, he is injured, so that's another blow for them. I mentioned the Eskimos will get C.J. Gable back at running back. Devaris Daniels not expected to play for Edmonton against his former team. Uh, Craig, uh, Greg Ellingson left practice early today, so we'll see what's up with that as we keep an eye on the green and gold throughout the week. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Kellen. So first of all, well, we'll, I think this young man is going to join us on the show next week. Trey Roberson, he's been picking off everything for the Stampeders defensive back. Larry Highbaugh's grandson. We'll likely get to him on Inside Sports before the end of the week. Did you see this Robertson Daniel, the defensive player for Calgary? Did you see his face? I did, yeah. Full f- Joker face paint. Heath Ledger style with the full yeah, like, lips and everything. Actual, well, I don't know if it was movie caliber makeup, but it wasn't just eye black, or some guys will wear the eye black with it kind of look leaking down. Didn't the Legion of Doom guys do that? Uh, Hawk yeah. and Animal? There, those, theirs was more the face paint than anything else. I don't think it was eye black, but yeah, it's, but that, this they were w- iconic. Ultimate Warrior as well. Late 80s, right. early 90s. Right. But, but, so we've seen football players sometimes go to lengths turning the eye black into more of a form of uh, artistic ins- expression or mm-hmm. trying to intimidate. This Robertson Daniel had Joker makeup. I don't know if I've ever seen that before in professional football, where a guy just said, I'm just going to paint my face like a movie character. It was just kind of, I don't know, it was kind of weird to see. He got an interception, so he got a close-up after he got the pick. Yeah, as the kids would say, it's a little extra, but, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, whatever psychs you have for well, the game, I guess. we're talking about him, mm-hmm. so that's good for him. Uh, Luke texting into 630-630 about our Oilers conversation. He said, I think if you keep uh, Connor and Leon together with Chase on and put Nugent Hopkins with Cassian and Neal, those two lines can be interchanged. Example, Cassian or Neal can move up or down. The Oilers need Ryan Nugent Hopkins to be their second line center. Text coming in there from Luke. Uh, time for your text tonight. Phone calls as well. We'll tee up tomorrow's uh, Mark Spector Golf Central. All the benefits Sports Central. That's always incredible. We'll talk about the golf tournament for the McKenzie Tour that starts on Thursday at the Country Club. Actually, some of the festivities for the week are already underway, but uh, we'll have Darcy Ennick, turn- tournament director, on the show as well. lot to get to tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Blue Jays lead the Royals 1-0 this game. Well, just underway. One out in the top of the first. Jays already have a run on the board. The Edmonton prospects have a couple of road games left in their regular season. They are at Fort McMurray tonight and tomorrow. They will then have seven straight at home to close out the season. They will have to win the large majority of those games to make the playoffs. They've been updating you on this race uh, for the last few weeks. We're basically... It's been pretty close with spots two through five in their division. Well, the prospects, bit of a tough time lately. They've lost four in a row. They're 21-26 and 26 on the season. They're a game and a half behind Fort McMurray for the final playoff spot. And again, they play in Fort Mac tonight and tomorrow, so they need to win both of those and uh, then win the majority of the games on their homestand. Double headers both Saturday and Sunday this weekend for the prospects, so we will keep you updated on that. The Eskimos practicing today. They beat... Toronto on uh, Thursday night, 26-0. A little bit of downtime on the weekend. 
head coach Jason Moss was on last night with Morley Scott talking about attending UFC 240. A lot of the players went as well, including quarterback Trevor Harris. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun uh, just taking a look at the athletes, looking in their eyes when they come out and how they approach their sport. And it's a super, like, obviously the combat sport in the world. So it's a, it's a fun deal to kind of just, like, see how they approach things and watch their approach as they come out. And like, I know Max Holloway was here for a visit during training camp. Is it good to kind of cross-reference from another athlete that's you know in a in a pro sport to kind of compare to what you do i think so um i do because i think there's like a warrior dial like a one being that you're holding an infant baby and you know you're relaxed and just like that and a 10 being you're out of control and in a rage i think there's a warrior dial number between one and 10 that you need to be at for optimal performance and it's fun to see that everybody can be different um some people need to be at an eight some people need to be at a four just like a kicker needs to be a middle line linebacker different numbers and golfers are different than UFC fighters and whatnot and so it's fun to kind of see how they approach things well I don't know when I golf I get pretty angry <laughs> well maybe that's not exactly what he was talking about are you at a 10 on your warrior level <laughs> uh, well, well, frustration level is a 10 maybe not yeah, there my, you go. my warrior level yeah <laughs> I feel like I'm at war with the game when, when I'm out there. Craig texting 63630 he says the Oilers first line must absolutely be McDavid Dreisaitl and Neil, why wouldn't it be? I think the real star of the show this year will be Mike Smith with his puck-moving ability. It will take some heat off our deer core. Uh, uh, deer core. Off our, our decor. Uh, well, you know what, Craig? I, I think to answer your question, why wouldn't it be? And, and who knows? It could be. I mean, we're talking with this on July 30th. But I'll, I'll, just, I'll just counter with this, Craig. And you can text me back, see what you think. I'm just throwing this out there. I think the I, I think they want somebody for Nuge, right? Because Nuge was so isolated last season. I think that's why Tippett is saying he thinks the pairs will be Drysaddle McDavid stick together. We know what they can do. Give Nugent Hopkins somebody who can shoot, maybe retrieve pucks on the forecheck. You know, as good a year as Chase on and, and Cassian had last year's, they weren't consistent producers throughout the entire year. And, and I think if you put Nugent Hopkins with Chase on and Cassian, there might still be some question marks about what you could consistently generate. You know, are those wingers good enough, consistent enough to play with Nugent Hopkins throughout the entire season? That would be my counter, my, my answer to your question. But hey, that could turn out being the, being the top line for sure. And, and great point about Mike Smith. That that could be the real game changer. I, I know people were were joking when he was signed. Mike Smith instantly becomes the Oilers' best puck-moving defenseman. Well, he's pretty good at moving the puck up ice. We've had Pat Steinberg on the show uh, out of Calgary several times, and he said, don't underestimate that ability. Now, there's probably going to be two or three games a year where he's going to throw one away, and it might turn into a goal or a great scoring chance for the other team, but you might have to consider all the times he helps get the puck out efficiently. So a uh, very good text coming in there from Craig to 6.30, More time for you as we move along Tonight, we will also set up tomorrow's Mark Spector Golf Classic at the Quarry for Sports Central. We want to let you know about all the great work they're doing all ahead on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. love to hear from the notorious inside sports listener frustrated fan on the text line oh i know you're listening frustrated fan because you just texted in frustrated fan 
I know he hates when I bring this up. He's probably cursing my name already. No, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to say, Kellen. You know what I'm going to say. 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frustrated fan. The Eskimos lose on Labor Day in Calgary to, to fall the 6-4. and four. You know, A decent record. Not a great record, but they still have a decent record. And he said they will not win another game the rest of the year. Do you remember what happened in 2015? The exact opposite. They did not lose another game for the rest of the year. They won 10 in a row, eight regular season, West Final, Grey Cup, and won it all. Now, I have been wrong plenty of times, but that, that was a bold prediction by Frustrated Fan. And you know, Frustrated Fan, deep down, I love you. And if I were to ever have children, I would name my first child after Frustrated Fan Wilkins. What kind of a name is that? Oh, there's this guy he texted the show. Kind of liked him, even though, you know, he was a bit of a bit of a curmudgeon. <laughs> that wouldn't be that unusual a name in this day and age, would it? Is that, would that be a hipster name? Frustrated Fan? Oh. FF? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kellen's confused. I'm sorry for confusing you, Kellen. Anyway, frustrated fan has texted in. (laughs) He says the Oilers get the first overall pick this coming year. The Eskimos win the West and play the Alouettes in the Grey Cup. I think Hamilton plunges down in the standings because their number one quarterback is out. Jeremiah Mazzoli out for the season. Uh, What's the new guy? Dane Evans? Uh, Hamilton still beat Winnipeg without Mazzoli in for most of that game. Well, frustrated fan, you did not make a... But you didn't say who's going to win the Grey Cup. You just have the Eskimos taking on Montreal, which has been obviously a very common matchup in uh, the Eskimos' Grey Cup history. So you got to tell me who you think would win the, win the thing. I mean, i got to hold you to it. You're texting and things like that on July 30th. Anyway, you can text 630-630. I appreciate that for sure. Dave Tippett, the new head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, he'll be at the uh, Sports Central Golf Tournament tomorrow at the Quarry, which we'll have more on in about 10 or 12 minutes here on the show. But Dave Tippett was on with Bob earlier today on uh, Oilers Now and talking about the addition of James Neal. I mean, I've talked to Brad Trelleving. I've talked to Ken, obviously, about it. I mean, it's probably, hopefully, it's a good trade for both teams, for both players. I think both guys needed a change. So you hope to, uh, first of all, you hope that the enthusiasm of those players change. And in our case, Neil coming in here, uh, he's enthused. He wants to have a rebound year. He, uh, you know, he self-admittedly struggled last year, really had an off year. I've talked to him a couple different times, uh, but I'll go and uh, have dinner with him here next week. And he's... Um, you know he's excited to come to Edmonton. He's excited for the opportunity to to get his uh, with that last year behind him. So that's a that's a good first step. He wants to be here. He wants to come and help be part of the solution. Uh, as far as how we're going to play him, we're, I've already told him we're going to uh, give him lots of opportunity in in training camp and an exhibition, and we'll see how the rest of the lineup kind of filters out and where the best spot for him, where the best fit is. We know that uh, you know watching a bunch of tape of him he plays he plays well with good players he plays well that can with people that can get him the puck good passers because he's a, he's a shooter it's funny thing about james when uh, it's uh, i shouldn't say funny but it's it's um when we drafted him in dallas he was his mo was going to be a third line checking center <laughs> he 
got to Dallas and started scoring goals, and he's never looked back. So, so he's a big, strong guy. He'll, uh, I think he'll find his knack around the net again. We've got to play him uh, with some good players, so we'll see where it all uh, where it all fil- where it all filters out in the end. All right, uh, Dave Tippett, with some thoughts on James Neal. Of course, you know the score. He had ne- he had never scored fewer than twenty one goals in an NHL season until last year when he got just seven with the Calgary Flames. Brett texting in frustrated fan, better and more interesting name for a kid than Apple. I had to quickly Google that. Did you know this, Kellen? Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. Okay. This was from last, uh, about, about a year ago, last July. Chris Martin, he's the lead singer. Uh, don't tell me. It's either Radiohead or Coldplay. I always get them mixed up. You have one of those correct. Well, thank Pick you. One. I do. I had, which one is he? Coldplay. He's Coldplay. Yeah. Who's the lead singer of Radiohead? Uh, Fa- uh, is it Tom or or Fom Burke, I think it is? All right. Tom Burke? Something well, like that? somebody will tell us. Yeah. Anyway, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin named their firstborn child Apple. A-P-P-L-E. Cool. Is he rotten to the core? Does he have a sibling named Orange? <laughs> Did you know Mike Myers has a child named Sunday Molly. I know I found this article on, on unusual celebrity baby names. Anyway, Brett, thank you for that. I, I learned something today, that there are babies named Apple. And Brett, Brett that name must really annoy Brett. That, that baby's over a year old, and he texted Inside Sports to mock it. Brett, I appreciate being your outlet from that for that. That's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We got frustrated fan, and uh, we got... Well, we need some alliteration for Brett. We'll think of something. Angry Brett. Well, no, alliteration means it starts with also another another B word. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. We're both learning stuff tonight. We are. I learned there's a baby named Apple in the world, and you learned what alliteration is. <laughs> Jared texting in. I believe this is the Jared. I think this is the Jared that usually calls us. Is this the same guy? Uh, might be a different guy. Oh, look at this one. I gotta save all these. Uh, I gotta save all these texts. This is a good one from Jared. And Jared, I appreciate you writing in tonight. I believe he's in Central Alberta. He says, "I'll say James Neal gets 30 goals, no problem, based on history of playing in the top six. He'll be a weapon on the power play. No hesitation to call it by December. Ken Holland will be praised." That is Jared texting into 6:30, 6:30. I I think, Jared, good for you saying 30. I think James Neal will score 20. Somebody messaged me on Twitter when Neal was acquired. It was either the day or the day after. And said, read, James Neal, 17 and a half goals, over or under. And I said, you know what? I'll be optimistic and take the over. 24 and a half, eh, I, might take, I might take the under. But Jared's going in. Jared is going in. How about calling him baby berating Brett? <laughs> that is a suggestion from Brad. That's pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good. I love we have so many creative and humorous people of the 14 that we have listening tonight. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we do have some uh, interviews from clips from Dave Tippett. I, I got to get to this, guys. Um, and, and we do have a bunch of golf talk coming up tonight, too, which is fun. But I got to get to this. And again, the whole Dave Tippett interview is on the Oilers Now page on 630chad.com. But as I have said, 
It, it is it is my belief, everybody's going to have their own thoughts on the team. It is my belief the biggest question mark for the Oilers is goaltending. And I know we can look at every area on the team and say, oh, I'm not sure about that, or that might be a weakness, or we don't know what this guy is going to do. I, I, I get all of it, and I spent a lot of my professional life talking about it. So I get it, and I hear you. I think if you have concerns about the defense, concerns about the forwards, I cannot tell you you're wrong because there are concerns there. But if you said to me, what's the number one? I still say goaltending because it's the most important position on the ice. It is the most important position in hockey. And and as we found out, and it wasn't all on the goaltending last year, but the Oilers didn't wind up with a very good team save percentage. Um, so my number one concern is still the goaltending. And you have Miko Koskinen, who had a couple really good stretches with the Oilers and, and then at other times didn't look very good. And Mike Smith coming off a sub-900 I mean, sub save percentage last year with Calgary, though he was better over the final third of the season. So here's Tippett on the goaltending. I see them both as number ones. I, I, I think we have an unbelievable situation where you're going to have both guys that that are capable of winning a game at any time. Both of them will always be fresh. The one thing, looking at Costner, and he looked tired down the stretch, yep. and you know he played a lot of games in a row. But there's mental and physically tired. And Schmidt, he's 37, although he's a phenomenal athlete for that age. But I think we have the ability to make sure whenever they play, they're rested mentally and physically, and both guys that can do the job. So, um, you know, it's going to be good competition. I'm, I'm all for if one guy gets hot to let him go for a little bit, but we're going to have two goalies that we feel very comfortable with. And, and I really think, you know, in the NHL today, that seems like, um, you know, unless you have a carry price or something like that, those are the, those are the, the, the goaltending tandems that have played well together as ones that share the duties. Well, the Oilers do not have a number one goalie. When you say that, it sounds pretty bad. I guess to, to try to find a bright side, they're going to ride the hot guy and probably try to avoid fatigue and, and have some sort of a tag team situation. Because going into the season, I suppose if you look at the contracts, you'd say Koskinen would get the majority of the starts. But I, I don't think the coaching staff is looking at it that way. They, they can't worry about who's being paid more or who was here last year or who's committed to longer term. Uh, they they got to win games. I think you could see, uh, I, I mean, a, I'll pick a number higher than 82 because there's always nights somebody gets pulled or gets banged up. This could be a 45-40 split for appearances by these two goaltenders. Because I, I don't think they're going, well, how can, how can they possibly be going into the season thinking one guy is going to start 60 games? It, it just doesn't make sense given the age of Smith and the performance of Koskinen when he played a lot of games. So I, I think you're going to see a guy, okay, a couple games for this guy, a couple games for this guy, back and forth. Okay, you're doing well. There's three or four in a row. Okay, now you're starting to peter out. In goes the other guy. I just I, I just think that's how it's going to go throughout the season. I don't think there's going to be a situation where if you have a true number one goaltender and he has just a crap ball game and can't stop anything, you're probably coming back with him the next game because he is your guy and you have faith in him to bounce back. I don't think that's happening this year in Edmonton. I think if one guy if one guy plays bad, the other guy is going in. And then if he plays bad, then the other guy is going back in until someone can take it. Now that that's a 
that wouldn't be a great situation. But that's how I would predict it's going to look for uh, for the Oilers. Um, all right. Oh, we got a few texts coming in here. This. <laughs> Uh, Will says uh, the younger baby of Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow is named iPhone. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's pretty funny. That, Paul. That's good. That's they do good. have a kid named Apple. He says the other kid is named uh, iPhone. This texture says, Reed, if nothing else tonight, I learned a new word on your show. Curmudgeon. What a word. I, I, curmudgeon is one of my favorite words. Uh, Adam says our goalie situation is is fine. Adam, you feel... You feel better about it than I do. Hopefully you're right. Uh, Michael from Whitecourt says, Hey, Reed, just wondering if you named your kid Frustrated Fan, would Frustrated be the first name and Fan the middle name? Just wondering. Reminds me of that singer named The Weekend. Is The his first name and Weekend his middle name? I, I don't know. Or is The his first name and Weekend his last name? I do not know. We'll have to try to uh, find that out. Uh, Luke says Eskimos will challenge for first in the West. They will beat Calgary on Saturday. Neil will score over 20 goals. He will thrive on the power play. Okay, you can keep texting 630-630. We want to tee up what's going on with Sports Central, very important organization in our city. That's when we get back. This is Don Yanoma of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, we haven't seen enough of that young man injured at halftime of the first game this season. Hopefully uh, he is back and healthy soon. Eskimos at Calgary coming up on Saturday. Blue Jays leading Kansas City 2-0. That is in the bottom of the second inning. FC Edmonton with a home game tomorrow against the Halifax Wanderers. Their head coach, Jeff Paulus, will join us later on on Inside Sports. But I want to welcome back to the show the executive director of Sports Central. It is Sheldon Alexson. Sheldon, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Uh, hi, Reed. I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me on. It's good well, to chat with you about the tournament tomorrow. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on because I know it's uh, busy. The tournament tomorrow, uh, the Mark Spector Golf Classic, all the help out Sports Central. It's being held at the at the quarry. Obviously, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett is going to be there. But uh, give us, uh, you know what, Sheldon, I'm going to ask you the most basic of, of questions, and I hope you don't mind, mind me doing this but I try to always be aware that there may be some people who don't know a lot about Sports Central or or we have new Edmontonians. Our city's always growing, and I'm sure they'd love to know of an organization about this. So give me the nuts and bolts of what you guys do first. Okay, well, uh, thanks. Um, so um, Sports Central's been around for 27 years now. Uh, we were It was an idea born in Edmonton and is now spreading to other communities. There's one that just started up in Calgary about five years ago, and now Saskatoon is is looking to replicate us and what we do is we collect gently used equipment and uh, we uh, repair and uh, recycle and uh, basically give it out to the children of low-income families so when a family can't afford the cost of sports equipment uh, we uh, help them out by uh, giving the equipment that they need it's safe and it's clean and it's good to go and uh, we're supporting children from ages 4 to 17 and as long as the family is in financial need and they qualify, uh, they can come back to us and we will give their kids equipment that fits as they grow. So we're really happy to do that. And like say 27 years, we help over 9,000 kids a year in 15 different sports, including bikes. How's that for a summary? 
I think that's a great summary, and I'm glad you threw in including bikes because I've been to the shop and I've seen the hundreds of bikes that you, you, you have there. And I'm glad you mentioned 15 different sports because in this country we often think uh, hockey first, but maybe, I mean, I, I gave a set of golf clubs to there. Uh, to, to Sports Central a few years ago, uh, like a baseball mitt. Maybe you have a son or daughter that's outgrown. I, 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 stop me if I'm going off track here, but like a, a yep. tennis racket, anything you might have in your house or in your garage and say, hey, I don't use that anymore. My son or daughter doesn't use that anymore. Somebody would love to use that if it's in reasonably good shape. For sure. Uh, any sports equipment, uh, probably the exception is uh, with uh, uh, exercise equipment. Like sometimes people think, we take treadmills and stationary bikes and that sort of stuff, and uh, we don't really have the room for that. Um, we'll usually recommend places where they can take that, but sports equipment in general, we will take. Sheldon, tell me a little bit about the Mark Spector Golf Classic and uh, its importance and its impact for Sports Central. Sports Central. Sure. Well, so uh, Mark Spector uh, has been a board member for about five years at Sports Central, and uh, one of the things that uh, he offered to do, and uh, we kind of twisted his arm because he he was happy to uh, just work on a golf tournament with Sports Central's name, and uh, we convinced him to use his own. Uh, for one thing, it puts a lot of uh, healthy pressure on him to produce and make sure that things go well because his name's on the line. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyways, it's six years old this year. And uh, it is held at the quarry. It is our largest single fundraiser of the year, and uh, we rely on it in terms of doing what we do as an organization. And uh, there's celebrity golfers that come out. Uh, We have about 230 to 240 golfers because we have 27 holes. It's a great time, and uh, we have wonderful supporters. Past, uh, past, uh, what do they call them? Honorary chair, chairman, chair people of this have included Ken Hitchcock and Todd McClellan. And I understand uh, the current head coach of the Oilers will be will be attending tomorrow. So maybe, uh, maybe he'll have some stuff to talk about pertaining. Yeah, to well, so yeah, Dave, Dave is coming in and joining us, which is great. And it's funny, uh, him and I, we met a few weeks ago, and we were both with the Prince Albert Raiders organization around the same time he was playing for the Raiders and I was with the farm team so we've been on the ice uh, playing against each other so we had some laughs about that but uh, one of the things I just wanted to mention too Reed if I could is that um, we know that uh, these days it's really challenging times for business because uh, of the financial uh, situation that our province has been struggling through for the last three or four years and we've got some fantastic people who have stuck with us, even though a few of them have had to reduce their support. And we've lost a couple completely because of uh, harsh things that have happened to their businesses. Uh, we are so grateful for the fact that uh, they still love what we do. They're doing everything they can to support us, uh, even though they themselves are struggling with their businesses. So. Uh, we know uh, from from experience, and you would know this too, Reed, that there's a lot of really helpful and important organizations in our community that could not survive uh, without the support of these great businesses and, and companies in our community. And um, we just want to thank them for sticking with us. And uh, by the way, our title sponsorship uh, spot is coming open for the golf tournament next year, and we think it's going to be a hot commodity. So. 
there's any businesses out there that want to take a title sponsor role with all the advertising that that means and the love, care, and attention of Mark Spector, uh, they should step up uh, sooner rather than later. Well said. And I want to remind people to check out sportcentral.org. I I hate to admit it, I made a common mistake earlier in the interview. I threw the S in there, but it is sportcentral.org. And uh, if you're, you know, even if you're not involved in the golf tournament, check out how you can help there. And, uh, you know, it can be financial or it can just be, like I said, finding that something in your garage that your son or daughter is not using anymore and, uh, and giving it to a kid who's going to appreciate yeah, it. And volunteers. And, and volunteers, volunteers yeah, absolutely. You know, like we have about uh, 70 or so uh, really committed volunteers because we are a volunteer-driven organization. We could not do what we do and keep the cost down if we didn't uh, have... These people coming in and helping us out, and they do a great job. They love sports. They want to see kids play. That's what drives us all forward. Sheldon, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at the quarry. I hope it's a perfect day. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks a lot, Reed. See you tomorrow. That is Sheldon Alexson, the executive director of Sports Central. We're back to tee up the 1932 by Bateman Open on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.